Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Oh, it's Friday the 2nd of February. I'm Miranda Sawyer and all my songs sound better sped up, so I'm fine. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we pan the UK press for nuggets of gold, then smelt them into a beautifully shiny and extremely valuable podcast, packed full of hot news, weird views, silly shoes, and that can't be trues. We're out every weekday, Monday to Friday, so hit subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. TikTok tunes stop. World's biggest record company pulls its songs from TikTok in a row over money. Bahamas or the rent? Reality show winners have stopped splurging and gone all sensible. And stop the scrum. Boffins say rugby is child abuse. Is it? Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where heads are cool and takes are hot. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me this morning is musician, podcaster, quiz wrangler and writer of all things Philomena Kunk. It's Jason Hazley. Hello, Jason. Morning. And for the first time on Paper Cuts, it's actor, artist, wonky yoga person and host of the excellent self-help podcast, it's Scotty. Hi, Scotty. Oh, you're right. How are you doing? And we are fine. <laughs> High expectations. <laughs> So what have we got on the front pages today? Jason, what do you have? OK, we're going to start with the eye, which has one of its usual interminable and slightly difficult to uh, unpick headlines. Millions face stealth tax rise as Tories demand cuts. There's too many ideas in that headline. <laughs> um, further down on the page, though, there's my dog's so anxious we've put him on Prozac and it worked, <laughs> which is more like it. How do they tell it worked, though? Good question. Good question. Turn to page seven. The Telegraph, The Times and The Guardian. I'm going to kind of wrap these together because you probably know what's on the front page of all of them and it's horrible to read any of it out, but it's about that extraordinarily shocking attack in Clapham. But there are other things on the front page. Uh, on The Telegraph, number 10 in post office compensation rail, which is about the mighty Alan Bates, who has been offered one-sixth of the compensation that he, uh, he wants and has called it derisory quite right. On the front page of The Guardian, uh, US orders strikes on Iran-backed militia in revenge for base attack. And on the front page of The Times, making pupils play rugby is a form of child abuse study claims. Mm. Something I think we'll come back to. We will. We mm. will come back to that. So, Scotty, what do you have? You have the tabloids. I have the tabloids. I didn't know the Daily Mail was a tabloid, but, you know, every day is a school day. Uh, they're <laughs> leading at the top. We have guilt of middle-class mother whose teenage son nearly died of measles because she'd refused to give him the MMR drab. Yeah. 
So there's that. There's also Manhunt covering the attack in Clapham as well. Moving on to The Sun, which technically should be illegal for me, being married to a scouser. They are also running with the I Can't See story chemical attack. There's a new story at the top, though, which is has Primark gone too premium? Well, there is that. Yes, Ooh. I would say. Yeah, there you go. The sun, the <laughs> That's my analysis. <laughs> the mirror. Well, there's this beautiful picture. I can only help illustrate it by saying it's slightly over the shoulder, maybe shot through Vaseline and gauze, and a very whimsical, slightly flirty Gaza is saying, don't make the same mistakes as me, Marcus. Um, <laughs> and that is looking at Marcus Rashford's going out. Essentially, he's out. At, well, he's had a couple of bevs, and, yeah. you know, Gaza's <laughs> obviously got an opinion about it. On the Metro, eyes roll at work microaggression. So apparently rolling your eyes is considered to be very rude and a microaggression that could get you the sack. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Daily Star, everybody knows the slap line for that. It is... Proud to, to love, love animals. animals. <laughs> <laughs> and this is something to do with football, which I've got no concern about, something to do <laughs> with Liverpool. <laughs> so if you're that invested in it, I should think you should go and have a look at the Daily Star. <laughs> It says you'll never want a loan and it's about the possibility that there's going to be a new, well, there is going to be a new boss for Liverpool who's Xavi Alonso. And what has happened is that somebody has taken over his Instagram account and said, if you want me, everybody has to pay £6.50 and then I'll get the flight over. There you go. That's the story. Well, there you go. We live live and learn. See, I do my research. (laughs) Now, in many of the papers today is a story that would have made zero sense just a few years ago concerning Universal Music and TikTok. These two huge corporations are in a massive row. Jason, what's been going on? This is a story about TikTok using music, which when you use music on a platform, you pay for the use, not paying enough for it, says Universal Music Group, the biggest music group in the world. And when TikTok uses music... It pays between two and four cents per thousand views. So if we go up to a million, that means uh, an artist is getting around $30 per million listens. It's just so little. It's like a joke. By comparison on YouTube, it's around $5,000 per million. So $30 per million, $5,000 per million. That's the difference. So... UMG is saying that's not good enough, and they've walked away from their deal. More numbers for you. Peloton has 7 million users and pays out $267 million in royalties. Yeah, for you music. Mean 7 million people have got one of those bikes in their house. I know. Well, yeah. That's amazing. Weird. Yeah. 7 million, $267 million. TikTok has, I'll do it in millions, 1,900 million users. And pays out two hundred and twenty million. So you can see they are not paying people properly, whichever way you slice it. So UMG walked away. And now um, there's new music. And now there's no music on TikTok. So if you go on TikTok, you, you will be spared from hearing the millionth iteration of Murder on the Dance Floor. Obviously, it's <laughs> just gone <laughs> from the glittering drivel that is that film. Um, and uh, but now there's just silence. 
Yeah, it's quite a weird thing because there's sort of just silence. So, so all the big artists have have have, have gone. So it's like it's, it, they are big artists. It's like mm. Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish and The Weeknd and Adele. I mean, absolutely, loads and loads of songs have just dropped from TikTok. But TikTok has its own way around this, doesn't it? Scotty, what I mean, what what happens to the music? Because what happens with the music, I ask my kids, <laughs> because of course they know, is that there's versions of it yeah. that people have made that so they don't need the original music; they just speed up their own version. It's sort of like you can rehash and remake and make it a bit faster, so you get more of the song in a clip. Because yeah. obviously, Instagram and TikTok, you're limited to a certain amount of seconds. I knew these facts, though, about how much people were getting paid because I'm a Eurovision watcher. Mm. And if you remember rightly, in last year's Eurovision, we had "Who the Hell Is Edgar," which was a song which was dedicated to the poor amount of money that artists get paid. So that it was their attempt to make a song that might make them money. So sad, isn't so it? So they, I think they worked it out as being something like 0.03p. Mm. So maybe in three years' time that you might be able to go out for dinner with each other. It's just unbelievable. They didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure how many plays they have had. But I don't know. There's something about this story which I'm like, okay, yeah, if we're talking about artists getting paid, as an artist, obviously, I think artists should be paid, paid fairly. But is this actually about artists getting paid or is this about a big corporation saving itself and creating more wealth for itself. And it's two major corporations just being like, well, I want some of your money. No, you owe us this sort of money. Yeah, it's, Because this it's isn't difficult. about small artists, is it? Well, no, it kind of is about small artists as well. I mean, there's one, there's a person who is apparently number one who's called Noah Khan, who's got uh, number one with Stick Season, which we did listen to. What a we beautiful song. <laughs> That's that's that's, was... that's not what we said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. I think stunning piece of work. Okay, it's a bit boring. That's what, that's what I would say. I could barely hear it. It was, it was hardly just... there. Was yeah, like, is, it... this, is there music in this anywhere? I know it didn't really exist. But anyway, it's, he's number one, and he went on TikTok and said, "Look, I won't be able to promote my music on TikTok anymore. I'll probably be okay, right? I'll probably land on my feet, right?" So he, you know, even he is worried about whether he'll be able to survive mm. and i think that's pretty standard across all artists unless you are adele that's just the 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 nature of it and i think you're right about the idea that universal is not necessarily always doing the best thing for its smaller artists and tiktok definitely isn't so it's kind of two baddies battling it out but in this case i would fall on the side of universal yeah i think i mean you're right scotty that like so universal is obviously they're doing this on behalf of their artists Sort of. But they're doing it on behalf of themselves as well because this is their IP. They've paid for it. They want it properly exploited. So they are the good guys in this argument, if you like, which seems extraordinary to say because they're a massive fucking multinational corporation. Mm. Yeah. TikTok's argument is it's not a platform, a music platform. It's not Spotify. It's not Apple Music. Mm. So, you know, you don't go on and think, you know what, I really want to listen to this album. I'll go to TikTok, right? So I think, okay, you can kind of argue that because if you are a TikTok user, you just flick through. So you only get little snatches of the of the songs anyway. So you should you just pay a small amount because it's a tiny, tiny bit of music, if you sort of mean, rather than the whole the whole track. That's their argument. It's not a music platform. But what Universal's argument is it wouldn't exist without music. 
where do, okay, so how far do we stretch this this idea and this rhetoric? Does that mean that every time a DJ plays a song as well, that money should be distributed solely to that one artist? Because, mm. of course, we have a system in play where we, it sort of goes into a pool and we hope that artists somehow get money from that play. But, like, at, at what point do we say, okay, well, it's it's okay for TikTok, but we, we, we're not going to allow DJs or vice versa? Yeah, it's very, I mean, it is a really difficult one. Also, I mean, Scotty, you did mention that some of, uh, on gay TikTok, there was a, a few problems that have uh, come out of this uh uh, this <laughs> yeah. I really love you saying gay TikTok as yeah. well. I want that to be a meme. <laughs> I'm going to join gay TikTok right now. <laughs> so there has been a trend going around the internet. So I'm told, not like I know, the algorithm throws things at you. There you go. Uh, where people post a picture of themselves looking very wholesome. And at a certain point in a song, there is a clip of them in their nod, you know. Yeah. As much as you can on the internet, do you know what yeah. I mean? So now with the removal of some of this music, you it's just see... It's a particular see, song, right? It's a particular song that's happening. I think it's a Billie Eilish record. Yeah. And then you get a... It's silent. Someone looking like <laughs> it's going to show you something lovely about their life. And then all of a sudden you see parts of them you didn't think you see. You see, I quite like this. It's the fact that the music going away just completely renders it <laughs> ludicrous and appalling, whereas before it was quite fun. <laughs> Embarrassing, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they need the music back. Yes, just purely for the gays. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, the Times has a large banner across its front page declaring something that, you might think, will have the nation's biggest men clutching their pearls. Rugby is a form of child abuse. Scotty, who has decided this and are they right? The Catholic Church. <laughs> of course not. No, it's uh, academics, supposedly, in universities of Nottingham and Bournemouth, I think, which I think is the surprising part of the story that there's academics in Bournemouth. Um, but the Times are leading with it, which says that uh, many pupils play rugby as a form of child abuse, which I think, I mean, I get that this is quite serious. This like contact sport, particularly children's bodies are developing and like there is lots of compelling research and evidence that shows this. But I think it does feel like a bit of a reach to be like, it's child abuse, when there are genuine ways in which we could be tackling child abuse within our cultures yeah, and societies. It is quite interesting. So basically, the, the academic's argument is that, that, that it's certain high-impact sports are really risk injury, especially 
head injury. And it's almost like a legal argument. They're saying, okay, you can't, as a parent or a child, give fully informed consent to this because... You know, because you don't know what injuries are going to happen. So therefore, this is their argument, sporting organisations have effectively groomed, quite interesting use of the word groom, both groups into accepting brain injuries caused by the sport. So they're kind of arguing, it's almost like a legal argument. You can't give informed consent to this injury and that means it kind of clashes with child abuse laws. So, it's. I mean, you know, we could argue both ways, really. The language is strange here, isn't it? I mean, obviously it's designed to be eye-catching child abuse and grooming. The interesting parallel is that they have said, look, if an adult smashed a child round the head, you would be outraged. But if a ball does exactly the same amount of damage, you go, oh, it's just a game. That's yeah. that's that's the area where these things line up, yeah. and we know that these the blows to their head can cause Parkinson's is one thing it's been yeah. linked to. The NFL's having a big argument about this in America at the moment about uh, senior ex players who are now getting all sorts of brain difficulties. Yeah, because I thought maybe the answer was like dressing everybody up in the, that ludicrous NFL outfit because it's quite fun. <laughs> Anyway, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, you look. Know, it yeah. is a very strong look, and I thought this might work. You know, all the little helmets and stuff like that. But they get the the brain injuries as well, yeah. so it doesn't it doesn't really work. But the rugby union is saying that they are at the for which is true. They're at the forefront of concussion and injury surveillance, and they proactively manage player welfare. This is definitely true. They are, you know, more than boxing. I would say yeah. they're saying, look, this this is a problem. We need to have a look at it. And so they say, look, when you play rugby in school, it's not really rugby. There is. Is a, a game that little kids play, which is called tag rugby, which is brilliant. It's just a game of tag. <laughs> Coming from a school where rugby was played and all you were given was a gum shield, yeah. I mean, mm. it still is this license for boys to be violent towards each other. Yeah. And so regardless of the framework of if it's rugby or not, it's still a really violent act. And so I wonder if there's something to investigate about this endorsing of a violent sport towards each other rather than being like, well, the sport's the enemy. It's funny, isn't it? Because it's obviously a posh sport as well. So rugby is like comes from public public schools. Well, there's two, aren't there? Yeah, there's isn't two there versions. a posh and a working class A posh version. and a working class one. But it's definitely a tabloid in... And a tabloid and a... But it, within kind of private schools they seem to always play rugby rather than football it's like a kind of class mm. a, a class thing and there there seems always to be the assumption is it's okay it's just boys being boys let them all roll around and hit each other it'll it'll you know eventually they'll turn into the masters of the universe that we need to run the country <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like mm, it's yeah and I, I must admit when I when I first I went to an all boys grammar school age 11 having come from a very straightforward primary school on a housing estate. And arriving at this school in 1983 and being faced with the prospect of rugby was oh God. W- mm. one of the most traumatic things, I think, at the age of 11 I had ever experienced. Yeah. Because it was, you're right, they gave, you got a gum shield. One of the things that was on your, these are the bits of uniform you have to buy is a gum shield. It's like, so really my teeth, in retrospect, are not the thing I should have been worried about. It should have been my fucking brain. I should have yeah. a brain shield. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, it's a very strange. So, I mean, I think maybe we're falling. It's not quite child abuse, but you know, it's not great. I'm glad that it's it's a concern, but I think sometimes academics via the yeah. British tabloids and journalism can sensationalise things that become a bit more of a story. So I think it's good that this is becoming concern and parents are being listened to and, you know, this research is out there. But I think we have to be very careful about what we call and claim to be child abuse. I think everyone should just play netball. 
Oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. That would be good, you know, yeah. because it's a, it's literally a version that netball is a girl's version of basketball. Do you know this? They, 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 the girls wanted to play basketball and they said, no, 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 too much running, not good for not good for women. You is can that play. true? Yeah. So they invented good netball. <laughs> and that's a better look because you get those bibs with funny letters on, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm saying netball. No, they're, they're normal letters. They're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here at Papercuts, we love great headlines. We love them so much. We have created our very own weekly competition based around their best lives. Yes, it's time for Fix the Headline, which this week comes from page seven of The Sun. One of the Queen's cars has gone on sale. That's the real Queen. As opposed to... Queen Camilla. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) So Queen Elizabeth II's car has gone on sale for £250,000. The headline is Queen Car Sale. Boo. We know you can do better. So why not send in your ideas with the hashtag FixTheHeadline2 at Show on threads or Twitter. We'll read out the best ones on Monday and the super best one will win a Papercuts t-shirt. I know, it makes you irresistible to all the people you fancy. Fair enough. (laughs) As I imagine does a quarter of a million pound car. (laughs) (laughs) So what about today? Do we have any good headlines? What have you got, Jason? No, there's none. Um, No, (laughs) only joking. So in The Sun, we have a story about a con man who ran up a £700 bill during a two-day bender at a pair of country boozers before doing a runner. He drank 16 pints, 15 vodkas, eight Jägermeisters, four large red wines, two gins, a bottle of Prosecco and a rosé. I like a single rosé. Coffee's clothy. civilised blush. It didn't... Oh, God. Anyway, the, anyway, the, the headline is Hunt for King Con... King Con, very King good. King Con, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, that's good. And then there's this amazing story from, it's from Queensland, isn't it? Brisbane. You know those machines that you get on piers which have, are full of soft toys and there's a large claw in them? Yeah. And as uh, Eddie Izzard memorably said, the claw comes down and just brushes the soft toys. And <laughs> <doesn't pick> one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, for, so, one way or another... A kid got stuck in one of these machines. <laughs> now, I don't know how the, how does the child get in there. I'd love to. The pictures are glorious. But this kid is in there, not remotely concerned, absolutely delighted to be sitting on a mountain of soft toys. <laughs> anyway, the headlines. In the Daily Star page 16, they have claw and order. Which is all right. Which is all right. But... <laughs> in the metro, I broke the claw and the claw won. <laughs> so good. That okay, should, yeah, round of applause. Yeah, to definitely. Be fair. That one should Fantastic. get some kind of I wonder award. if the parents won the child back. <laughs> okay, so Scotty, what do you have? Well, funny enough, I've also got the Daily Star. It's almost like that's the only place where these sort of headlines exist. Barbie star Margot stuns stags with a surprise cameo. So Margot Robbie has um, gone up to a stag do and said, thanks so much for watching the Barbie movie. I don't know if she clarified whether or not they had or everyone she comes into contact with. She just goes, thank you so much for watching the Barbie (laughs) movie. Because it's pretty much everyone has. (laughs) Not me. And uh, the headline here is, it's a Ken do. Oh, it's a Ken do. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was a stag do. No, and I've done that one first. (laughs) I've done that that one first, just because I think this one's a bit better. So this is saying that humans are littering Mars already, having never set foot on it. What? Wow. Uh, Just because of space drunk and things like, you know, bits of satellites, you know. Wow. Old hip replacements, (laughs) etc. But the headline is Strife on Mars. 
Very mm. good. That's quite good. Oh, okay. I see that that was a very lukewarm reception. I thought that was quite no, good I, for that the just Daily feels Star. Like, that feels like one that they've had on in the locker, basically, ready to use for years. <laughs> what they really need is a, a, a woman in a, in a divorce to go to Mars and then they can have wife. This, <laughs> my, I have a theory that they have a department that actually does this. It just sits there going, what else can we got? Have we got knife on Mars? Let's have that one. What story can we get that for? It's a bit like there must be a department somewhere that's making up the jokes that kids tell each other in the playground, you know? Yeah. It's like that. Sorry, these are my conspiracy theories. Well. <laughs> but they're quite mild. We like them. They are quite mild, yes. <laughs> I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeeda Varsi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's turn to the wild and wonderful world of the centre page feature section, where in The Guardian Online, we found an interesting take on the world of reality show winners by Amelia Tate. Scotty, this kind of concerns the cost of living as well, but what's it about? I love this story because I do like a game show. But essentially, it's a very long read about how game show contestants back in the day obviously profited much higher than people now. So in particular, looking at Anthony Hutton that you might remember was uh, a hairdresser, but also did disco dancing in the local nightclubs. And Craig the gay sort of fell in love with him. It was a whole scandal. It was a whole mood and a whole vibe. He was a very pretty one, wasn't he? In, some people might say that too, right. yes. <laughs> now, he he won, I say, only £50,000. But mm. in 2005, £50,000 was a lot because he managed to go to Las Vegas. He brought property. He had a holiday to Disney World. And uh, he even drove to the Monaco Grand Prix in a Lamborghini. So, How much did he win? <laughs> 50, 50 grand. grand. You can't buy a Lamborghini for 50 grand. I think he just grand. rented it. I just think they went <laughs> to the fuck race out Lamborghinis. That's insane. What a business model. But more earnestly, Craig, you might remember as the scouser yes. who then became the sort of handyman on lots of television programmes. Well, he won 70 grand and he gave it away to his friend. Yes, to be that able was a big have... deal. I remember that. So he could have heart and lung yeah. surgery. Transplant. So um, they're kind yeah. of looking at what people had made in the past versus what people have made today. And there's this beautiful comparison to this guy who is like, he's a serial winner of mm. lots of different game shows. Yeah. And if you watch game shows like I do, you'll be able to recognise people who just go from show to show. Well, he's a male stripper who lives in Wigan, he's 55 <laughs> years old, which I love the already, fact... Already, this is the best Ken Loach film <laughs> I've ever seen. But 55 still in the game yeah, in Wigan. It's a different world up there, buff. isn't it? Yeah. So he has got a book called How to Get on a Game Show and Win Thousands. And essentially, he's kind of saying that back in the day when he could win a few grand, that was set him up for life because the deposit on a house was like nine grand or whatever, but now it's like 60 grand. Yeah. So some of the people who are now winning these massive game shows are only able to like 
cover the council tax for a year or they're still having to work. So it's kind of looking at the disparity of um, payouts from TV companies. Yeah, there's some amazing kind of facts in this. So what our male stripper who lives in Wigan, Mike, says is that basically you would have to win 40 grand to be able to spend like he did when he won 10 grand kind of 20 years ago, which sounds about right. They analyse this. So they say in the year 2000, the average house deposit was 9,865 and now it's six and 62,500. So you would have to get, the other way they look at it is 20 years ago, you would only have to get to question eight out of 15 on who wants to be a millionaire to be most of your way toward the deposit. And now you have to get to question 11. I love that detail. That's a very good detail because now you really understand it. But also, the channels themselves don't have the money. Mm. So it used to be the million pound drop on Channel 4. Mm. And then it went away and they changed it to the £100,000 drop. <laughs> and they did the same with Survivor. So Survivor, you used to win a million pounds. It went away and came back and it was a hundred grand. But this is, it must have peaked at some point and it's now coming down from the peak. Because yeah. if you go back and look at something like, I don't know, a Sale of the Century or, or something like that, people on there were winning like a set of steak knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were very excited. A fridge freezer. (laughs) You know, it's like we're only talking about something that's worth like a thousand pounds now, you know? So there must have been, it must have crept up, and then it's obviously there was a peak point at which the television was giving away millions of quid, and now it's slid down again. Probably because all their ad revenues have gone through the floor, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. And I think it was Millionaire, because that was such a big deal Mm, when that came out. Who wants to be a millionaire? It was just massive, wasn't it? Because it was so much money. Whereas now, in this piece, they go, the phrase one million pound home used to conjure up images of mansions and butlers. Now it's a three bed terrace in London, Mm. which is just like, I mean, True, very depressing. <laughs> but very, it's, very it's, it reflects the economy, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, so I wonder, you know, when there's a few more coins in the quaffers, whether or not we'll be looking at a ten million pound drop. That would feel completely abstract and sensational, right? Yeah, re- yeah, completely, re- completely revolutionary. Yeah. So, all basically, if you go on the reality show shows now and win, you. You're just paying your rent. You pay your council tax, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you enter this morning. This morning I have great quizzes with Andy Peters who's constantly advertising them. So, yeah, there you go. That's my little fact. Top tip. Again, you get a thing, though, don't you? Basically, you get a BMW or something, don't you? You get a BMW, but then you can also get like 10 grand within it as well. I like the National Lottery. What, in the car? (laughs) BMW (laughs) with 10 grand in it. That's That's a prize, isn't it? They do these like bumper packages now where you don't just get one prize because they'll get them the prizes sponsored. So the car will be free to the broadcaster. The cash is the thing, the only thing that they put up front, but you get a holiday which is sponsored and all of that. So I think they're making their packages in a more elaborate sort of of sneaky way. In an Anton Deck way. Yes. Okay. And there's another story which is all over the papers. It's the heartwarming but slightly sad tale of Honshu, the Japanese macaque monkey who went on a walkabout round the Scottish Highlands but has now been caught. Jason, what's he been up to? Right. We're going to start with the headline here. Yeah. <laughs> because this is one of the finest headlines I've ever seen in The Guardian. Monkey snared by a Yorkshire pudding after five days on run. <laughs> Um, I have an issue, by the way, with the Guardian subs. Yorkshire has a capital Y, for heaven's sake. Yes, Um, true. What's happened is this monkey, Honshu, ran away from the Highland Wildlife Park and went on a bit of a wander and just got bored, obviously, because there were no no other macaques out there and there's (laughs) fuck all peanuts. Um, Just golf. But he ended up in the garden of a woman called Stephanie Bunyan, who... (laughs) (laughs) 
who looked out of her window and saw him eating from one of her bird feeders, which she had filled with Yorkshire pudding from her traditional Tuesday roast. <laughs> right, so already this is just sensational. <laughs> she took a photo of it. And then decided to make some calls because um, there, there was this monkey had caused quite a bit of attention, and there were like there were special monkey helplines and things. The Cairngorm Mountain Rescue had lent the Royal Zoological Society a, a, a drone to go looking for it. So the monkey is, was then uh, they fired a dart at it, a tranquilizing dart. It missed, but then they got a second one. <laughs> And now Honshu is back um, with his fellow macaques. Yep. My favourite bit of the story is the very philosophical neighbour, Carl Nagel. One of the first residents to enjoy a visit from Honshu. This is in The Guardian. He was woken by his daughter on Sunday morning with the unexpected alert, Daddy, there's a monkey in the street. And Carl Nagel says, I'm, I'm going to give him a voice because why not? <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking, well, I'm going to do it in Morrissey's voice. <laughs> I've been, I've been thinking why the world needed a story about an escaped monkey in the Highlands. I've watched a lot more news bulletins in the last week and most of the news is really bleak. See? And it's his wife, Morrissey Mrs Morrissey, well. said, uh, it's not divisive. Everyone can rally round a missing monkey. <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> it's essentially the, they've, they've captured the essence of paper cuts. monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that poor old uh, Honshu, the reason why he left is there was uh, there was an argument which they quoted in the Telegraph. There's a map in the Telegraph, by the way, of where he went. <laughs> <laughs> monkey map. Yes, a monkey map. He walked about 12.5 miles. But um, anyway, he's dropped off after an argument over, quote, tensions during the mating season, <laughs> which we can all relate to. Fair enough. He basically, they were in the equivalent of a macaque bar they had a row, he flounced and then wandered off for ages thinking, oh, I've got to go back now, but I've, it's really embarrassing. I can't go back yet. I'll just stay out for a bit longer. Perhaps, yes. perhaps the most amazing thing about this story, and there's a lot of amazing things about this story, is that the tabloids aren't all over it. Oh, it's yeah. bizarre. I mean, you th if like we we do the headline competition here, but like, but sex row monkey, you know, at the beginning of a headline is <laughs> like, well, there's a whole story here, surely. But well, you say that, but uh, the Daily Star tomorrow, it's Gaza saying, don't make the same mistakes I did. Don't make the same mistakes, Honshu. Please, yeah, <laughs> different headshot this time. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Jason. Thank you. Thanks to Scotty. You're more than welcome. <laughs> and if you're feeling the February fun, then why not join the Papercut Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes, plus a special Supporters Club extra story, as well as the opportunity to nab some fab Papercuts merchandise, such as a truly fabulous T-shirt or super special mug. I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when Politico reports that President Joe Biden has had some thoughts on his potential rival Donald Trump what a fucking asshole the guy is <laughs> said Biden accurately <laughs> yes accurately it's very nice to have some honesty from a politician see you tomorrow Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Scotty and Jason Hazley. The producer was Liam Tate. Assistant producer was Adam Wright. And audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams. Socials by Jess Harpin and Kieran Leslie. Design by Jim Parrott with original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh. 
Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis and group editor is Andrew Harrison. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>